Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. And welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast right here on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie. It is Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. Welcome, everyone. Now, now coming up at the end of this show, I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain something to y'all. But first, the NBA draft is on Thursday. Uh, this, this is the, this is the most highly anticipated draft of this this year we got some of the best prospects that we, we have seen or heard of uh some people we can go back to october that we heard of this of these players and i and i, I got to be honest with y'all the first person that i want to bring in, the first person i'm going to talk about i didn't really elevate evaluate his game until this past weekend I wasn't believing the hype around Victor Wamiyama, if I'm saying pronounce his name correctly. I'm sorry, Victor. You're, you just landed in the U.S. yesterday. Uh, if you're listening, I apologize for, for mispronunciation on your last name. <laughs> so, um, I didn't do any evaluation, but people kept talking about it on the Spurs. They're saying, well, we're going to draft this guy. We're going to come back. Maybe we can get Scoot Henderson and Victor on the same team. I don't know how that works out, but I'm not betting again. I'm not betting on it. But nonetheless, I did my full synopsis this weekend on Victor and what the hype is about this guy. How is he going to help the Spurs? Or better yet, how is he going to help the Hornets or the Blazers? But you don't see him going past number one, right? That'll be, that'll be a choice. The, the Spurs will be stupid enough to pass up on this guy. Cause let me tell you something. The scouts from NBA draftroom.com, they did a fabulous job. I did some research on it. Victor is 7'4", 230. His wingspan is eight. Oh my gosh. Height. Uh, he's eight feet wingspan. Oh, how are you going to get shot? How are you going to get shots over that over that long arm? I mean, he's not going to dominate the NBA right away. It's going to take time for him to get adjusted to the NBA life. Meaning that he has to play a little defense. Meaning that he has to um, shoot, shoot a, a lot better from the from the field. He averaged twenty one points a game. 21 points a game and 10 rebounds when he was playing on his team in France. Uh, his team sucked in France, <laughs> but, but he, but everyone was looking at him as the, as the total package. And he is the total package. He, he, the Spurs can't screw this one up. My thing is, why are we hyping this guy up? This guy is not the next LeBron James. I don't think anybody would be the next LeBron James in, in future generations. This guy is on his own. They said this about Zion uh, many years ago. 
and look what's happened with Zion. Zion can barely get on the court to the point where he's spending more time in the bedroom than the court. But that's another story that I talked about last week. So just don't get your expectations fulfilled. I do think you put pieces around Victor, then we can take off from there. They had, when Tim Duncan got drafted in 97, when David Robinson got drafted in 87, we improved our win total by 30 to 36 games. Is it going to be, is it going to happen in this generation? I, it remains to be seen. Like I said, you got to put players around Victor. Keldon Johnson is there. Devin Vassell, if healthy, he can be the best two-way guard in the game. If healthy. He could be. Trey Jones is the four general. Trey, I, but I need a little step up from Trey Jones. I need a lot more. Uh, who else can I name? Zach Collins is a pretty boy. Zach Collins does not need to be dribbling a basketball in this ba- in the in the NBA at all. This is why you're you're going to get replaced by Victor. There's no other big man out there that can match the size of Victor. Now teams out there they gotta adjust their defense. Because the, only Jokic and Embiid will have a chance. But other than that, there is no one that can defend this man in the NBA. And I can say that right now. Right now I can't. I, I want to be wrong. But right now I can't. Now, Summer League, when he does get drafted, do I expect him to play all the Summer League games? I, I guarantee you, be, knowing the Spurs organization, knowing, hearing the reports, I'm going to say no. I think he only plays two and a half games and that's it. Cause you got to understand, he just finished playing in France for their playoff team or, and they lost. But you got to give the man time to adjust to the American life, adjust to being, be, uh, being healthy. And just to not only the American life, but the NBA life as well. The the Spurs life, the Spurs type of way. I want guys like Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Mon Ginobili to come out of their woodworks and try to help this man adjust to that life. It's going to take a while. It's not going to be immediate success. I mean, I think we're going to... You can't put 50 wins on one player. That's never happened in the history of sports. I've never seen that. You could go back to LeBron back in the 2000s. Did LeBron lead his Cleveland Cavaliers team to 50 wins teams on his own? No, he did it with players that were nobodies. Victor is, has players. He has, he has Keldon. He has Devin himself. If healthy, then they have Trey Jones and then Pop. And then Sohan. It will take growing up for Sohan to, to, this will be a bigger leap for him in the second season. Now, granted, he does fit this offense. However, like I said, I'm not sold on, on Victor. Then say I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm not crazy. I've seen the guy. I, I, if I'm seeing what I'm saying, 
it's not going to translate to that. It's not going to translate to that success. Like I said, give him time. Give him resources to work on. Because he's got to adjust to it. He's got to adjust his game to the to the NBA way. Now, he's a Kevin Durant. He's a he's healthier than uh, Chris Apozingas, way healthier. And I say, you know what? I view more Kevin Durant than than Porzingis. Porzingis was is overrated. Let's put that on the line. He's overrated. He hasn't shown us in years of being that elite player. But Victor coming in at his height and his skill set, we will never see that ever again from a seven foot four player. Most of those guys don't last in the league. Ask Yao Ming. Yao Ming survived ten years. And Yao Ming was a back to the basket player. Who else can I name? Um Sean Bradley. And I just want to say, you know, Sean Bradley, we're, we're praying for you out there. I know you're in a wheelchair right now, but we're definitely praying for you out there. Sean Bradley, all, his height didn't last in the league. He was getting dunked on. Um, who else? We can go even go back to the 90s. Was Georgia Mercer, rest in peace to him as well, um, 7-7. But he... Those guys have slow footwork. Is not Victor does not have slow footwork. Victor is the full on package. It's just adjusting to the Spurs way. So I label him as my starter in the starting lineup. If I'm pop, do I go with four guards or do I go with three? I go Trey Jones. I go Devin Sell if healthy. Then I go with. Jeremy Sohan at the three, and then Kel Johnson at four, and then Victor at five. Solid starting line, right? It's a starting lineup that could win you 50 games. Maybe even 40. I'm going to say 45 at best. I know this is going to be a tough season for the Spurs coming up, but if they hit the jackpot in free agency, you go get yourself an Austin Reese. You go get yourself these free eight, these guys that Produce on playoff teams. You can say, you can you you can make noise in the West. You can come back. The rebuild doesn't have to be longer than three years. It can happen. It, it, you can get back to elite status within a, a season. As long as Victor's taken care of, everything is well. So, with that being said, we shouldn't pass on that. Then I saw the post. It was like maybe a few weeks ago. That we can we can add Victor and Scoot. I don't know what type of world <laughs> you can't add. This is not a two for one special. You can't add two elite players. You you just can't do that. I never seen that before. Unless you're going to trade the whole entire roster, which the Hornets and the Blazers do not want. They don't want that. They want uh, they want a franchise changer player. This is why you go to the draft for the reason. That's why you draft in the top 10 for a, for a franchise player to lead your franchise to success. You don't go backwards with that success. But before I move on to my next player, because this is the top 10, I don't want to solely put it on Victor because he is elite. This is my, like I said, this is my first time watching him. 
I didn't spend all that season looking because I was focusing more on the Spurs season than than Victor's game. But I want to play a clip of Victor talking to Wendy, Brian Wilhorse, and see where where his mind is. This was pre-draft. Let's play the clip, please. Standing by with Victor Wenbanyama. Bonsoir, Brian. Hello, Malika. Hello, Malika. It's 2.30 a.m. here in Paris. Victor, you found out a couple of moments ago you'll be following in the footsteps of David Robinson, of Tim Duncan, great French players Boris Diaw and Tony Parker. What are your emotions right now? Uh, can't really describe them, you know. It's just my, my heart's beating. I got every, everyone I, I love, everyone I know around me. It's a really special moment I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. There's American fans and NBA fans across the world are still learning about you. What is the NBA, what are the San Antonio Spurs getting with Victor Wembanyama? Um, you know, a uh, team player. I'm going to make everything to, to win as many games as I can. And uh, ace, I, I'm trying to win a ring ASAP, so be ready. So the San Spurs were tied up in knots. I talked to their general manager, Brian Wright, today. He's been not able to sleep for a week. Now that you know where you're going, what do you think you can take the Spurs, where do you think you can take the Spurs next season? Um, you know, uh, I'm going to try and bring my, my talents here. Uh, I love Texas. I've been there before. I'm really, really happy, and I really can't wait to, to, to meet the fans and to meet, hopefully, the team I'm, I'm about to join in June. Well, they look forward to meeting you. You're headed to San Antonio. Malika, back to you. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube for live. So, anyways, you heard from Victor, and um, you know, oh, another player was Taco Fall. You know, Taco Fall was a fan fa- was a fan favorite back uh, for a short time ago, and he still is to this day. We don't know where he's playing. Huh? Maybe he's playing the G League, all that stuff. But he's not one of those players, like I said. So, Victor. We pray for it. I prefer, I pray for success for you. Don't let, don't get too much into the hype. And the Spurs are not, are, are not, the Spurs are going to do everything he, they can to make sure that he's taken care of. He doesn't preach, he doesn't work well with, he doesn't get too big of a head. So, number two, that I hate talking because we just, we talked about this guy during the during the NCAA tournament. He committed a crime. Well, he was part of a crime. And I just don't know why he's in the draft, but he is. And I just th- these things I can't let go because someone died. And there was a child and well, she had she had she has a child. So, was not seen and now I don't want people to celebrate this man because I won't. I mean, he's trying to move on. This is tough, but it's going to be Brandon Miller. He's six nine, two hundred pounds. He's got a he's got a decent game. He he was from Alabama. He's he averaged nineteen points a game and. Eight rebounds. He shot fifty four percent from the field. He he's a Danny Green and, and a no, sorry, not Danny Green, Danny Granger, if you remember him, and Rudy Gay. Type of build of players and type of game. Uh, his game reminds me of Danny Granger more than Rudy Gay. So, um, with that being said, he's athletic. 
um, is between the Hornets and the Blazers where they want to go. The scout has him going to the Blazers, but he can go number two, number three. He just had another, another workout was the Hornets yesterday. Well, either yesterday or Sunday. So we, we, we got to see where the Hornets go from there or the Blazers. I think he fits more with the Blazers. I agree. Um, he can provide that scoring, but accountability is one. And I want to speak on that accountability with John Morant in about 30 minutes. Well, after I finish this list, but you can't forget what he went through in college. College basketball wise, he was a great player, but the, the mind has to work for us. The mind, he's got to be able to, to take accountability for his actions. He's got to watch his back for everywhere he goes. He's got to, he's got to be the prototype athlete that people, that people will think of him. Again, you don't have colleges saving you. The, 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 this is what I talked about many months ago was my podcast. You don't have that space anymore to save you. You have, you have to save yourself at some point, Brandon Miller. Like I said, accountability is not is. we got to take more of that. And he has to get, he has to take more of that. He has to apologize. He has to be sincere. Don't read it from a script that the AD gave you at Alabama to, to, to address the situation. Now, I wish they would have handled it better, but you're coming to the NBA now and you're not, you, you can't have anybody. If this happened, were to happen to you again, is it on you, buddy? You have to apologize from the heart. Minus the game. The game is spectacular. It is great. And I wish you nothing but the best. But at the same time, don't forget. Let's not forget what he went through. Because it's sad. It's really sad. I just don't, wa- I just don't want the fact that we have to celebrate this guy. But he, he's got it at some point. Whatever happens moving forward, take accountability from there. That's all I'm going to say about this one because it was short. I just want to get to that point. Now, number three, Scoot Henderson. He's another player, like I said. He was another player that, that I really didn't invest in until this past weekend. Now you say, well, Jamie, why, why are you lazy? Because I was focused more on the season than these players. I mean, granted, these players are fabulous. They're great. This guy is a game changer. Scoot Henderson is a game changer. The, the plays I saw, he's a game changer. He's ready for the NBA. Now, straight from high school to the, to, to, to the Ignite, of course, Ignite, you're going to have players that, that are extremely young. They're not, go- they're not going to have, the college education, of course, but it's going to, but they're going to have the NBA education of how to be better in the league, how to model your game after this player. Better yet, your own self. So the way I look at it, 
is they have him Russ Westbrook Derek Rose. I think he shoots a better percentage than Westbrook does. In my mind. You take the time to work on form shooting, you take the time to work on the pull up game, your drives to the basket, where 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 are you gonna find your teammates? You see, this is what Westbrook lacks. Westbrook is a stat pattern. Westbrook the last five years has lacked that skill. The man does not take the time to work on his shooting. He yeah, he'll he'll give you thirty points every once in a while. He'll give you that. But at the same time, he doesn't give you at the same time, he doesn't work on his shots. He or else he would have shot a better field goal percentage. He's not consistent enough. And I'm talking about Westbrook. School Henderson's consistent. Like to the point where I think he lasts in this league. I'm going, like I said, people were saying we can get two for one with, with Victor. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. You can't be greedy. Like, it's like, it's like I can have two, it's like I can have two girlfriends in one state. I'm like, that's, that doesn't happen like that. It'll never happen like that. In the NBA, you can't have two superstars work on, well, actually, you can't have three superstars working on a team together because it won't last. Just like the Brooks and Nets. You telling me the Spurs want Victor and Scoot as well? No, it doesn't work like that. The Denver Nuggets, let's not forget about them. They have only two superstars, a bunch of role players. Aaron Gordon made that sacrifice to say, you know what? This is Jokic and Murray's team. I'm going to be just be the third, third guy. Michael Porter had to make a sacrifice of what Michael Porter could be averaging 20 points a game on another team. He had, he can average 20 points a game on the Denver Nuggets only if he drive, drive to the basket more. Case in point, you can't have two for one. School Henderson works well with the Hornets. Maybe the Blazers. If he goes to the Blazers, let me remind y'all something. If he goes to the Blazers, Dame is done in, in, in Portland. He's done. That's the same guy that has Dame Little type skills that will lead your franchise if the Blazers go that route. Heck, if the Hornets go that route, then you can immediately put him in the starting lineup along with Lonzo Ball, uh, not Lonzo Ball, Lamella Ball. And then you can say, do the Hornets have enough? Jordan said, I'm going to put in somebody else's hands. And rightfully so. If you can't lead a franchise to numerous playoff appearances, you got to give it up. As Jerry Jones, you should take notes. Michael said, I can't help, I can't get this team going. Easy enough. Let me just give it to somebody else. And I'll still be here. Maybe he can help the players out to adjust to the, to the NBA life. But at the same time, he sacrificed it. And now it's in somebody else's hands to not only bring players to Charlotte, but to hire a coach that can invest in, in, in talent like Ball, talent like Henderson, if he does go there. Rozier's still on the roster. Haywood's still on the roster. Patrick Washington showed some maturity last season. 
this Hornets roster is good enough to make a postseason, make the postseason in 20, in next season. If they don't, Clifford's gotta go. If you're like, if you have less than seven wins come January, you gotta go. You gotta turn another, you gotta turn the page. And I believe Scoot Henderson fits that mold in Charlotte. You can go either way with Portland. But, but, he does fit, but Charlotte is the best fit. If you want to win now, he's that best fit. Number four, Anthony Black. He's from Arkansas. He's 6'7", 210. Combo guard for me. He's more of a combo guard. Uh, he remind, they remind him of, if I can pull it up here, they remind him of Josh Giddy. And I, and I, you know, I do see that from him. Josh Giddy has not molded himself in, in, in this league. And I'm anxious to see that ASAP. But Anthony Black, was the trade of Bradley Bill. And like I said, he can be that franchise changer. And like I said, you need franchise changers in this draft too so that you can be decent enough again. Anthony Black has that. Believe it or not. You just traded, you just traded Bradley Bill, the uh, Wizards. To Phoenix. Now you're saying you don't want Chris Paul. Where are you trying to put Chris Paul at? Chris Paul is a winner in every right. You're gonna put it put it in the hands of a twenty year potential twenty year old, a guy that has to re up his game, in the in, in, you know when he sets on the court for the Wizards. And now you trade Bradley Bill. I mean, it's a good trade. But Bradley, Bradley Bill never said he didn't want to be there. He never, he didn't want to leave Washington. I just think that at some point, at some point, you have to say bye. You still have to say bye to, you have to say bye to, to your franchise. To your franchise changer. Bradley Bill did everything for that franchise. He got drafted by that franchise. He did everything. It's just that when the Warriors were not, well, not the Warriors, but the Wizards were not winning, it changed the GMs, it changed the coaches every single season. It's time for Bradley to go. And Bradley, for the longest time, didn't want to leave. That's why he had a no trade clause, because he never wanted to leave. He wanted to stay there and build something there. They're on the downfall. The Wizards franchise is on the downfall. How do you go from, and we're not even talking about the 90s. We're talking about the 2000s. How do you go from John Wall to Bradley Bill to Paul Pierce to Przingis to Kuzma, and now you just have KP and Kuzma. First of all, you got one guy who's not focused on the court. And then you got another guy who's injured all the time. The injuries, both guys are not committed to basketball at all. 
This is why your franchise is on the downfall. That's why I wrote the Warriors, the Wizards are on a downfall, which is what I, which, which I'm right because you just traded your franchise. You just changed your franchise changer. Now you're going to bring in potentially Anthony Black to re up your franchise again. Again, this is a rebuilding thing. They're saying we want to rebuild from scratch. We want to start over. That's why I said downfall. Downfall because the coach has to re-up his philosophies again. You had 35 wins the past two seasons. I mean, it's it's good and it's decent enough to get back to the postseason. Now you're saying you want to win less than 35 games. And Bradley Bill played on the 52. Andy Black could be that guy. Who knows? It could be anybody. But Black... He can go higher. He can be the draft steal in the top 10. But the Wizards have to really sit down and know what type of player they want to lead that franchise to get back to the postseason and maybe bring a championship to the D.C. But that's not going to happen for the next God how many years. So we're not begging on that. Number five, Jordan Hawkins. Six four one eighty six. He is the UConn guard slash forward. He won he won a championship. And he's more of an Anthony Simons type of game. Uh thirty eight percent for three point range, so he can provide you shooting as well. So they have him going to the Hawks. And the Hawks do need shooting. When Broke down Bunyanovic. Again, I'm sorry for these pronunciation of these international players. You can't bang on him to make shots like that, like that in the postseason, or even in the regular season, because you're still going to have Trey Young or Dejounte Murray dominating the ball. But you just need to add another shooter, and Jordan Hawkins fits that mold on the court. He can give you points right away. <laughs> it's just another shooter to complimentary, complimentary the shooting struggles of Trey Young and DeJounte. DeJounte is more of a driver. Trey Young is more of a pull-up shooter. But Trey Young, over this past season, wasn't his best. And I can say that. He was just going through the motions this past season. And I can't, and I can't stand guys going through the motions more than Trey Young ha- did in this past season. This is why the the Hawks are sitting at home every post, well, not every postseason, but every time they get to the f- first round of the postseason. And the last time they did it, they got to the East Conference Finals. Well, did they get to the East Conference Finals? I believe they did. Yes, yes, in twenty twenty one. So. Maybe this works out in the Hawks' favor. We'll see. But he's a complimentary piece to DeJounte and Trey. The only difference is who's, who's going to be the main guy in the fourth quarter who gets the ball off the curl, off the curl screens. It's not going to be Trey Young. Definitely not DeJounte. Definitely not Brogdon. Brogdon's more of a spot up shooter. Jordan Hawkins is more of a 
Well, he's he can pull up, and when he's feeling it, he he can pull up from anywhere, and he fits the Hawks' offense. That's number five. Number six, Grady Dick. Six six two two oh four. He's the, he's the Kansas small forward. Um, they have him going to the Jazz, and um, he and they compare him to Brendan Rush and Reggie Miller, uh, more Miller than Rush, as far as body control goes. He's more athletic than uh, than Reggie Miller. This guy can get to the basket at ease. Um, I I never thought he'll be in this draft. I thought, I just thought he would be filling up a space on the court. Um, you know they. Well, did they have the? Yeah, they they said they have him going to the Jazz. This is this was previously updated last yesterday, so they're switching this these things around. To, is he may fit with the Jazz? He may fit with. I have him going to the Thunder because he was a 12th pick. Because I look at the Thunder and I say, you know what? This these this is the best group of players I ever seen. You talk about making a playoff run, if you can just add one vet, not even a vet, you just have complimentary players. You got Shy, you got Lou Dort, you got, I'm anxious to see what Chet is going to do when he comes back. Um, Jaden Williams, the small, bulky guy. Uh, who else? Josh Giddy. I mean, this team was was in a half away of making the postseason. And this team made the made the playing game on the last day, well, not even the last day of the regular season, three days before the regular season ended. And you talk about being ahead of the of the rebuilding process. They're there. Now we don't have to talk about rebuild. If you draft Grady Dick in your offense, you're going to get the best. Like I said, this team could could win forty to forty five, maybe even fifty games with the the core that they have. And I'm not crazy when I say that. They're way ahead of schedule. People are not talking about them because they don't have a superstar in in in, in OKC. That's why they they talk about Phoenix. They talk about the Warriors. They talk about. Uh, they talk about the Lakers, and you, none of those teams won the championship. None of those teams. But they don't talk about where OKC is going to be in the next year, a season or two. Heck, they didn't even talk about. They don't talk about Denver. That's another story. But this Thunder team, you add a a, a Grady Dick to your offense, you're going places. But that remains to be seen because, like I said, they're switching it up. They're switching it up every single minute. They may fit on this team. They may fit on this I do see him going to the Jazz. The, again, this is part of the Rudy Gobert trade that they made last season. So, if I'm the Jazz, do I give in? Do I say, you know what? Do I add a, a dick to my offense? Do I... Because... Do I add 
playmakers. Because I don't see the Jazz going anywhere again. And and the start is going to be like, it, it, they're not even going to go get off to a, a fabulous start like they did the first 10 games of the season last season, this past season. They're not going to get there. They might go backwards. But I want to be wrong. Number seven, Jairis Walker, 6'6", 248. He's, he's from, he went to Houston. He was the 2002 freshman of the year. 2002-2003 freshman of the year. He averaged 11 points a game and six rebounds. Shot 47% from the field. Rookie of the year. Shoot, his shooting will be an issue. They have him going with the fifth, fifth pick to the Pistons. Let's see if that's right as of, t- as of yesterday. Ooh, they have Derek Lively going. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, yep, they have it right. So, the Pistons. Okay. Um, they're not even talking about Isaiah Stewart. Maybe I say Isaiah Stewart comes off the bench for Monty Williams. And Monty, again, and I told someone this last week. I said, Monty Williams has a work cut out for him. I do think that Detroit Pistons team will be engaged enough. I, I use engagement as for Monty was coaching the Pistons two podcasts episodes ago. He pairs well with Duran. They have the same body type, but you talk about three big men with the same body type. Well, actually, yes. You, you, yes, you talk about three men with the same body type. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough who gets to start. This guy can start right away, but it's going, like I said, it's going to be growing pain, pain, growing pains coming into the, to a team that hasn't won in years, but could win again in the East with Monty Williams as your head coach. See, he does remind me of the Paul Millsap, but a quicker, more quicker Paul Millsap than more athletic. Again, it's the rotation problems. Who do you put in at, at, at the four or the five if you're running a team? If I were running this team, I would put more Darren than Walker. And then the Pistons are like, well, maybe we can add Draymond Green. Listen, Draymond Green is not that, that type of vet that's going to sit on the bench and tell you what to do. Draymond Green is going to do it by actions. He's going to do it by doing it on the coat, on the court. Now, granted, do I see Draymond going back to, going to Detroit? No, it's not going to work out because you got three big men and he won't want play, playing time. You got to understand the pay too. And he's not there to put, put, be an influence on the guys. He's there to play basketball, to produce a championship. And that championship has not closed for Draymond. The Pistons are on, are on building blocks. This is going to take a while. They got to find that player that's going to be the head of that franchise. It could be Walker, could be, uh, it could be Kate Cunningham, could be Jaden Ivey, could be anyone. But right now, they don't have that face. It's just a bunch of guys that are trying to figure out 
where they can engage at, how they can engage. It's going to be a process. That's why I said last week when I, when, when I was having this long conversation with this guy, I said, it's going to take a while. Maybe his third season, he'll get it right. As long as the same players stay there and not fall out, Kate Cunningham, they could be something. Rain remains to be seen. Number eight, Kaysen Walker. Um, 6'2", 195 pounds. They have him going to Raptors with the 13th pick. Um, he is Drew Holiday, elite defender. He's more, yeah, I, I do, I, when I was watching him yesterday, I do mount him, mount him as a Drew Holiday. I also bought him as a Colin Sexton. You remember Colin Sexton? The former Cleveland Cavaliers draft pick, and now he's on the Jazz just trying to stay on the court. He hasn't stayed on the court in the season. So now, <laughs> and now, Back to Casey Walker. Best ha- handles in the game. Uh, the Raptors are looking for that, fr- like I said, every team's got to have a franchise changer. And Casey Walker can be that guy, despite his height and his weight. Many years ago, they won the championship in 2019. When they hired Darko Rajajevic, I can't pronounce he's from Serbia, I'm sorry, guys. I can't pronounce these names. Um, this is rebuild. You draft him. He is immediately your franchise changer, player, whatever you want to call him. So now you got Fran Van V opting out, saying that, hey, we won a championship. We, we want to be elite again. Because we don't want to go through a rebuild. We went through that. Now you say to Kaysen Wallace, if he does get drafted by the Raptors, can you fit in right away? It just... You still have Paskin on the team. You still have OG Anobi on the team. You still have... Uh, not Valentine. He's in New Orleans. Okay. You still have Chris Brochet on the team. You still have talent, but that talent is going to get you back a little bit. That's what I think of this of this franchise. And that's why Masahiri didn't think this through was hiring a coach. This was a quick hire. You, you aren't thinking about Doc Rivers. You definitely weren't thinking about Mike Budenholzer, which I do think those guys will still get a job next season. It's just that the NBA is changing. The NBA is changing. The organizations are changing. They want to go more rebuild than, than starting from what's there. And what's there is the Raptors almost made it to the postseason. It's just that they had injuries. They had inconsistent play. Nick Nurse wasn't the type of guy, type of guy he was four years ago when they won the chip. But the organizations are changing. We just got to, I guess, as Raptors fans, you got to accept it. Number nine, Jet Howard. 6'2", 
67220. This is the small forward from Michigan. This is uh, Juwan Howard's son. I think he's the younger son or his oldest. Either one. But this is the the son of Juwan Howard. Not built his game like a jet. Not, not, not like his dad's game. This is different. And they have him going to the Nets with the 22nd pick. If I had that. Yep. They have him going to the Nets with the 22nd pick. Um, Mike Miller is the, uh, is the comparison and watching it. Yes. Yes. And he does fit where Brooklyn needs to fit at this point in time. You need to move on from Ben Simmons. And I'm not saying this guy is going to be a defender, but at some point, if, if, if I'm Brooklyn, if I'm waiting on a guy to get healthy, and then the guy, and then the guy has to sit out again. But again, I have these younger players that are itchy to play right away with a Jet Howard who could fit in Brooklyn, what Brooklyn's running, who could fit with Mikel Bridges, who could fit with a Spencer Dibbley, Dorian Finney-Smith, and all those guys. Let's not forget Royce O'Neal. Then, and then I can add a Jet Howard to this office. Remember, the Nets have the 21st and the 22nd pick. They can't fail in this draft. They will not fail in this draft. So this guy, Jet Howard, is ready to play right away. And I say that with an honest answer. You still have Cam Thomas. You still have Cam Johnson. I mean, this Brooklyn Nets will be the sleeper of the East, in my eyes. They'll be the sleeper of the East. Because you have a defensive-minded coach in, in Jacques Vaughn. Yes, of course. He's going to struggle on the defensive end because, but he can provide you offense and which Brooklyn was missing in that playoff run last season. So, with that being said, at some point, what type of team does Jacques Vaughn want? And to me, at some point, you just got to say bye to Ben Simmons at some point. That's my ordeal. Well, let me get to my last few draft picks, and then we'll talk about the the what has been happening over the last four days with these NBA headlines. Number 10, this guy's going to be off injured. Derek Whitehead, 6'5", 220, small forward from Duke. He has a nice step back game, handles, good bounce. As of right now, they have him going to the 29th pick with the Pacers. Now, we're not going to worry about this guy. This guy is going to be injured a lot. There's no comparisons. Uh, he only averaged eight points a game. I don't know why these guys took the quick jump to the, get to the draft right away. It just hurts their draft stock even more. Like, just take your time. Just sit out for a little bit and get healthy so that you can be the top 10 pick in the NBA draft for next season. But these guys want to do it early. But I, but I want to be wrong about him. I don't know him personally. I don't know. I There was only a few clips on his game. But I just – his injury history is, is – it's long. Well, not long, but it's, it's to the point where you have to get surgery and now we're begging you to get ready for the season. 
It's not going to work like that. So, it remains to be seen. Manolo's players is Chris Murray. That's the brother of, that's the brother, not Kyler Murray. That's the brother of King and Murray for the Sacramento Kings. They have him going to Sacramento. But I don't, I just don't see how that's going to work. Sacramento's loaded. <laughs> but they have him going to the 24th pick was, uh, the Kings, like I said, but I just don't see it. I, I, I don't know how that's going to happen. Nick Smith Jr. is another one. He's 6'5", a buck, not 85. He's from Arkansas. He's there scoring wise. He's more of a Jamal Murray and Katina Mobley type. You remember Katina Mobley? The same guy that right now he's killing younger players. Even though this man is a 40 year old man, he's still killing it on the court. So they have him going to the 19, they have him going with, to the Warriors with the 19 pick. And I do think he'll fit right away with the Warriors. The Warriors need bench scoring. That's it. They just need bench scoring because the thing about it is Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, well not even Draymond, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry played a lot of minutes in the playoffs. A lot of minutes to the point where Jordan Poole was not getting that, was not helping them out. Jordan Poole was the, was the first guy that can provide that scoring. And Jordan Poole can still provide that scoring, but these days, his game is not focused, his, his, his mind is not focused on the game anymore. And he's young. I still think he's, he has a lot of upside, but if you're not focused, somebody else will come take, take your spot, and that's where Nick Smith can come and take your spot. You just gotta be careful. If the Warriors draft well, they have the 19 pick, they draft well, Jordan Poole has to watch his back. I'm just saying. You just gotta watch it. Cause this guy can replace you in the, in the, in the, um, in the rotation. And you may never see the court to the point where you may get traded. But it starts right now. But that's my top 10. Hopefully these guys go to the teams that are, that are, that are ready for them, that can go and, and, and produce right away. And that's why I put this list down. Now, let's get to these NBA storylines that's been brewing the last few days. John Morant. As y'all may have heard, he was suspended 25 games for next for the 2023-2024 season. He has credentials for his return. And I'm almost going to play a clip, but I want to... I want to... I heard everyone from Stephen A., to Shady McCoy, which we're going to play that clip right away. I didn't want to play Stephen A's clip because he came from the heart. But I'm coming from my heart, too. Guys, let me tell you something. We have a chip on our shoulders as becoming African-American athletes, as we are right now. I was born in 1987. You can guess my age right away. I was born in a two-parent household. I have three brothers and three sisters. So there's seven of the, seven of us in the house. Our parents 
did they did a they did a good job. Not not awesome. They did a good job raising us. They did a good job setting that standard. And my parents don't listen to this podcast by the way. They just they just criticize it and make harsh comments. But that's another story. They not one not there was never a time a gun was talked about in our household. To this day, I can go back home and there will never be a gun or, or cameras around our house. Considering what's going on in the world right now. And I always convince, I always say to myself, I should convince them, hey, y'all should get cameras. Because these fools are out here. They can still anything. Never the case when it comes down to our household. Now we were sheltered. We had to earn everything the hard way. We had to earn um, our, our dues. Our parents paid for it, but at the same time, we had to make sure that we were producing off the court, off the field as well. And we were. I wasn't the straight A's in the family. Let's get that out of it. But we worked hard to get our dues to the point where we're producing out there. So anytime people see the name, the last name Magenta, they always come up to us. They want to talk to us, all that stuff. That that happens to me over, it, it happens to me a lot more than often. I can go to St. John's Apostle Chat Catholic Church and they'll know and I can run to somebody and say, hey, do you know uh, uh, an Gentile family? And they'll know us because we started from that church and and we're still in that church. But I could tell you that. Well, I kind of moved on from the Catholic Church, but that's a different story for a different day. So, with, with all that being said, I don't know why John Moran's doing these things. I don't know why we got guys like Shady McCoy fighting for this guy. He is the reason why our younger guys are struggling in this world. Well, not even struggling. Doing stupid things on, off the court. So I want to play a clip from Shady McCoy. He said this on Speak. Let's play that clip, please. NBA suspending John Morant for 25 games without pay for conduct detrimental to the league. Now, additionally, the Grizzlies star will be required to meet, quote, certain conditions, close quote, before his return. And he will not be allowed to participate in any public league or team activities. Moran issued a statement. He apologized. Previously acting in. Punishment is not just for the sake of an action, 2-5. In my mind, punishment should deter you from ever thinking about doing what you did to be punished in the first place. 25 games ain't enough. 25 games? What's that? What's that, Shady? So to me, punishment too light. Is it too light in your mind? No. I think it's too harsh. Whoa. Whoa. They should have gave John Morant 15 games. 
And you talking about fifteen or seventy five dollar parking tickets, thirty five dollars for 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 towing or whatever it was. Yes, sir, yes, sir. This man's lost about almost fifty million dollars. That's harsh enough. I, That's I think he's what he can't. He's not eligible for for the uh, first team All NBA. Yep. Yeah. Right. So that's forty million dollars he loses right there. Mm-hmm. I think all the endorsements he's lost f- from these actions, and then and then if you add on even like the suspension now going to twenty five games, that's three hundred thousand dollars a game he's missing. Sure. So when I look at this situation, it's like, okay, how can we help John Morant? I don't think suspending him for 25 games is, is going to help him be better. There should be more, I think, stipulations as far as um, more community service, more, more hmm. making it more awareness for him, hmm. more, more mentorships, things like that. And he has to go through these programs compared to the, 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 the synagogue of the game that he loves. This guy dream of playing basketball his, his whole career. Sure, sure. And my thing is to, to, Make him go through that missing games. What does that really do? Mm. It's other ways to touch players, not about just making them miss games and making them miss money. Because we do want this guy to take care of his family. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Let, let's let's say that you know I'll knock on wood, but if things you know go wrong, and then 12, 13 years later he don't have no money, it's like dang. Well, y'all took forty, fifty million dollars from the kid. <laughs> I'm always trying to see the better of a player. How can we help John Morant the right way? And I don't think 25 games is doing that. Slick, don't you think there is a misconception, right? And I've been guilty of saying it, that, you know, John Morant lost out on 40 or $50 million or he's given up 40 $50 million. You can't count money you don't have. Hmm. The 40 or $50 million that we talk about John Morant losing, which I have publicly said he's losing, was based upon him making an all-NBA team, first or second team last year. It would have been an escalator in his contract. Yep. But it's not like he had the $50 million and then lost it. Yeah. He was just eliminated from the opportunity to gain it. Mm. Slick, is this punishment, is this suspension too light? No, it is not too light. Uh, because of the words, not the games. I'm not hung up on the games. And, Shady, I, I, I think we are, are close to agreeing on this, even though you think it should be fewer games. I don't think it should be fewer games. I think it should be whatever games or whatever time is required for him to get right. Because I've been around uh, Ja, and he's not a dumb guy. And he's not, a, a, as much as his behavior might suggest elsewhere, uh, otherwise, he's not a careless or reckless guy. So it tells me that there's some issue that he's dealing with that's causing him to behave in these ways. Sure. And I want him to have whatever time is necessary to be able to address that and understand that whatever is causing him to behave this way needs to change. He needs to address that issue. Because looking at it, you're right in terms of just the 25 games. Gilbert Arenas, gun issue... Javaris Crittenton, gun issue, those guys missed half a season. They were suspended in January for the remainder of the year. So suspending Ja in this instance for half a season would have been, the precedent had been, would, would have been set for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just not concerned about the time. And I, I think one of the other things that kind of shocked me in terms of it being light was that it said in the statement that he told the league this will not happen again. Mm-hmm. Promised yeah. Adam Silver, this will not happen again. Right, okay. And it happened again. Yeah. So you give the commissioner your word mm-hmm. that I'm not going to do this anymore, and then you go ahead and do it. If I'm the commissioner, and I dare say the previous commissioner, David Stern, he would have come down a lot harder because he was yeah, but in charge when it happened. See, see, that's my issue, Gilbert. though. Like, okay, so a young man, he, he made a promise. Yep. I, I won't make these same actions again. And it happened. Got yep. It. Yep. Got it. 
That happens. So, anyways, this is this is the problem with Shaden McCoy. Shaden McCoy is the reason why we're we're, we're having this problem, guys. Was our young guys? He said fifteen games. Like what? What in what world is fifteen games? He's still going to do the same damn thing. Well, well, no, I can't say that. <laughs> he had this is his last chance. Okay. In my eyes, 25 games is more gracious than enough than what I previously said. I previously said a full season. Gabe said 41 games when he was here in May. I had sports talk with C. Shout out to her. She said half a season as well. 25 games is more gracious than enough. It's the right call. Shady, you are completely wrong in this. And I will never agree with a guy that played the game, that is bringing around athletes, that <laughs> that does these stupid things. Now, granted, yes, we, we're young, we do stupid things, but not like that. You just gave the commissioner your word that you won't do this again. You lied. You lied to the commissioner. You lied to everyone around you, the positive side, not the negative side. I know you're 24 years old. I get it. But at the same time, you have an opportunity that no one else has. That's why when I started this show today, I said, let me start with the good stuff first. And then let me get to John Morant. Because I don't want, I don't want his bad behavior take away well, what these guys are trying to achieve in the league right now. I don't want people to say, you know what, let's focus on John Moran. Let's try to uh make make an example of him. Which which they are right now. Anytime you pose anytime you pose a stu- do stupid things, they're making an example out of you. If that makes sense. The NBA I would have said I would have said, okay, this is gracious enough. This is good. Maybe it takes the time for him to get right. To say, you know what? Let me cut these people off. Let me try to be that, that good, fabulous NBA player that people, people are, are wanting, not wanting to see, but that want from me. And if you want to do that life, pass the ball to somebody else. Pass the ball to these younger guys that can make a difference on the Grizzlies for their franchise. You are their franchise. They love you there. But if you're going to go out and do these stupid things to embarrass them and embarrass the NBA, then Adam Silver has no choice to kick you out. Now, we don't want that happening. But at the same time, you continue to do this path, it's going to happen to you. And I just don't want people to hear from Shady to say, hey, 15 games, that's stupid. That's stupid to me. You got to have accountability. That's accountable enough. Basketball should be less of your mind right now, John Moran. It should be more about... Being a role model. These younger guys that are coming up, 
They're going to analyze you and say, hey, we're going to analyze our game after John. We're going to do, we're going to talk like him. We're going to walk like him. We got to stop. We got to stop giving. We got to stop this. We got to hold our guys accountable. You take it the easy way out. Like, like this is, this is ridiculous. The NBA Players Association is planning on fighting this. And I'm like, why? Don't waste your time fighting uh, for a guy that lied to the commissioner, that lied to y'all as well. Just let it go. You have more positive players in the league like this. LeBron, in his 20 seasons in the NBA, has never done this. But everybody that I talk to, Wants to bring down LeBron about the amount of championships that he doesn't have. He can never top Jordan. Of course not. It's changed. But do you ever see him doing stupid stuff off the court? This man is building a change in the country. Jordan did that as well. Do you see Steph Curry doing that? Do you see Draymond as much as he's talked? On the court. Off the court. He's a positive influence. But you don't want to highlight that. You want to highlight a guy that, that, that make, that makes $200 million a year. That's on him that lost, that, that, that he has lost over $60 million. That's on him. Shady McCoy. That's on him. He did that to himself. Not the NBA. Not the commissioner. He lied. We followed the route of, of, of uh, Shane McCord. Our lives are going to be screwed. But we talk about him more than we talk about LeBron. More than we talk about Steph. More than we talk about Clay. There's more positive guys in the NBA that we wanted to talk. We want to give them their grace. We just played a Hall Attire Finals a week ago. Did you ever hear of one player, uh, uh, of one player be stupid off the court? Did you ever hear that from the finals? We got the Miami Heat and Denver Nuggets played, just played in the finals. Did you ever hear that? I'll wait. Denver just had a parade. Okay. So why are we focused? Why are we trying to baby this guy? Of course, yes. Yes, absolutely. We need to provide the resources for job, but it's up to job to take advantage of those resources. Jaw has to be accountable for his actions. Every action he takes, every step. You remember that song about Bobby Brown? Every step you take. <laughs> that's a 90s song. Is it 80s song? I think it's a late 80s, a 90s song. Yes. That's, that's the ding. John Morant has to be on his own on this, guys. Yes, there's mentors out there. But again, he's got to pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, hey, hello, Steven Adams. Hello, not even, I'm not even, even going to bring up the coach on, on this thing. Hello, Jaron Jackson. Hello, Steph. Hello, LeBron. Those guys will get Jaw to again help Jaw. Not the team, not, uh, not the commission. Commission is saying, hey, this is on you. 
You have to go figure it out. 25 games is going to spin you. Hey, that's more gracious than previous years. And I remember those times when Gabriel Arenas and Jervis Critton, who is in prison right now, got suspended by the league. Yes, David Samuel came harsher. Absolutely. God rest his soul. But this is good enough to take a step back and say, I screwed up. How am I going to fix this screw up so that this does not happen again? I don't lie to people. Hey, if it takes cutting this person off, cut them off. We don't want to listen to Shady McCoy like that. Again, there's more positive African-American athletes in this world that are built for this. That could take Jaw's position. Because listen, if Jaw wants to go do his thing, no one's blaming him. No one's going to, hey, we, we, we try to put hands. We try to be a phone call away. But like I said, this is Jaw. This is his decision. 25 games is enough. 15 games is stupid. I would have said I, half a season, I would have said the entire 82. Because you know why? Because there's other players in this league that are more positive than Jaw. Now, let me get to this Bradley Bill stuff before I leave, before I go to break. Bradley Bill got traded from the Phoenix Suns to, well, got traded from the Wizards to the, to the Phoenix, to Phoenix Suns for Chris Paul and Landry Sherman and their draft pick. Downfall. So my projected starting lineup. <laughs> this is, this is weird. This is so weird. Devin Booker plays the one. Bradley Bill to Josh Okogi three, KD four, DeAndre eighth and five. Now let's play a clip from Stephen A. And I'm not sold on this either. And I'm going to tell you why after Stephen A. speaks. Let's let's hear that from Stephen A. It's all right. I mean, I'm not I'm not sold on it. I'm certainly not Kendrick Perkins. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. The best team in the NBA. I don't want to hear that. No, I'm not. That you got to fill out your roster before I'm willing to make that kind of proclamation. But I will say this. Kevin Durant is that dude when healthy. We understand it. We understand how special Kevin uh, Devin Booker is. I loved seeing him at the one once CP3 went down as well. A couple of games, he's shooting like 80% from the field, 60% from three-point range in that series <clears throat> against Denver. It was something spectacular to behold. When you look at Bradley Beal, one of the great players to have not ever been in a, in a conference finals in terms of scoring. I'm speaking specifically about that. It's amazing, JJ, Wendy. There's a lot of people in D.C. that are happy to see him going. There's a whole bunch of people that are happy to see him go. They didn't think he was a winning player. I don't think the numbers show that personally. We know that he's a scoring machine. We know that he was a league leader in clutch time points. All right, we get all of that from him. We see that. Um, and I know that the brother can put up 25 in his sleep. My issue is who you going to stop? Is there any defense whatsoever? And the depth, that definitely is a question mark as well. They can score on anybody. There's no doubt about it. But there's a difference between what Kevin Durant was playing with in Golden State with catch-and-shoot players. I'm talking about catch-and-shoot capable players like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, their capability and what they bring to the table in that regard. Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, yeah, they're, they're, to me, they're not shooters. They're scorers who can shoot. 
Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were shooters. And so when I look at Kevin Durant with a Devin Booker and Bradley Beal, I don't see the same kind of big three. And I see the kind of big three that honestly could play into the hands of any team that can score, but also is going to show up and play some defense. Phoenix can score on anybody. We get that. Who are you going to stop? That's why Frank Vogel's the new coach. I get all of that. I'm not saying they're worse. They're clearly better off. I understand it. But I'm not sold to the degree that Kendrick Perkins is sold about this big three. They certainly are not my favorites to come out of the West at this particular moment in time. Okay, so you heard from Stephen A. I, I agree. They are not my favorites. Oh, and Kendrick Perkins, let me say something. This man is just... I just don't understand this man. If you're saying to me that you pair three superstars in one set in one team, you it's gonna it's automatically a championship. Your favorite, right? That's like saying I'm going to add. It's like peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm not gonna add mustard to that to make the bread better. I'm not even gonna add baloney to that it's just peanut butter and jelly that's it it makes a great sandwich by the way so um i just don't know where kendrick perkins mine is it doesn't did you look at brooklyn they went through the last three years did they win a championship they got to the East Conference. Well, did they get to? Yeah, they got to the East Conference Finals, but <laughs> he went in championship. No, so to me, this is not. This is not. This is not. Um, they they're one of the favorites, but it's not automatic championship success. Let's not forget who won the championship last week, just last week, and we're giving more grace to. To a team that just built it, that's got to buy that the players got to buy in, versus a team just up that, that that won the championship a, a week ago. It's their first one, and you got to beat them to get to to win something. That's gonna be a tough task to ask. You got Aiton getting bullied by Jokic. You can't keep that guy around. You can't keep Aiton around. You gotta trade him. You gotta get rid of him or do something. Cause obviously, he doesn't fit where y'all are, are, are running. Yeah, Frank Vogel's gonna preach defense. Yes. But you, but y'all have to, y'all have to buy in to what he's, what he's selling. He's selling you defense. He wants y'all to play defense. Devin Booker, Kevin, Kevin Durant, Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill has, like I said, like Stephen said, Bradley Bill has never been in the Eastern Conference in the in a conference finals in his career. That's hard to believe when you play with was a was it was a was a team that's on the down for a long time that's been there that will never get up until somebody says, "Okay, we're going to change this franchise from scratch." So. I don't. I don't believe what Kendrick Perkins is saying. I. I just think that he's he's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, damn, dude. Like, like you could have gave 
Denver, the Denver Nuggets more grace. But then again, you know, Phoenix, they got to continue to build their roster with guys that are, that are going to buy in. They made it to the conference semifinals, but nothing after that. And the window is, you're saying it's open? I'm saying they got to put some pieces around them first before you say, okay, they're automatic championship. And they got to win one. They got to win a championship. But I, I just don't see that happening in the next year or two. I just don't see it. It's going to be another failure. And then now what we're going to say a year from now. We're still going to give Denver Nuggets their, their, their flowers or even my, or any other team. It's always going to be the Lakers and the Suns that we're going to get flowers to. We're not going to give it to any other team outside of that. We're never going to do that. I am. Because Denver won the championship, like I said, a week ago. No one's talking about them, about uh, about adding players. Who's going to resign this? But you want to talk about a guy that suffered in Washington, then now he goes to Phoenix, and that's automatic championship. It takes time, Brad. It takes time, Ken. You know this. You know that you you know that you were on the Celtics. You knew you had to add KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. Without those guys, you don't win championship. You're in rebuilding. You don't beat the Lakers. The Lakers beat you. You don't get back to the finals in 2010. So with that being said, Kendrick, you're wrong. It takes time to rebuild your roster. Again, the West, to me, you got to get through Denver. Possibly the Lakers. If the Lakers resign their guys, it, it, let me tell you something. If they don't resign Austin Reeves, but they invest more in Anthony Davis, this team should not be the favorite to win a championship. And I'm going to tell Gabe that whenever I see him. You can't tell me you lose out on Austin Reeves and you're still in championship status. Now, I'm not telling y'all to rebuild your roster again. I'm telling y'all to keep the same guys there. But that remains to be seen. So with that being said, guys, we wish them, we wish, I wish Bradley Bill success. I hope he goes on. Uh, I hope he makes his amends. He gets to the conference finals like he as he should, and he and, and the Suns work it out. Add some players here and there, and go from there. It's a long eighty-two game season. We just got to see what happens game by game. All right. So coming up next, let's talk about five ways the UNT football team can win the AAC in 2023. It's a new conference. July 1st, 2023 is the official time that they joined the AAC. I'm going to give you five ways they'll win that. 
uh, what are my takes on the new coach? It's coming up next. It's Beyond the Game on Fishbowl Radio. Yo, man. Yo. Open up, man. Yo, what do you want, man? My girl just caught me. You made her catch you? I don't know how I let this happen. But who? The girl next door, you know? I don't know what to do. So it wasn't you. All right.
Okay. Let me slide in and Wayne Gretzky. Let me see it bounce like a disky. Hey, I know you wishing he was like me. Like late night calling me for some good. Fishbowl Radio. <clears throat> My name is Jamie. So, anyways, we talked about the five ways. Well, actually, we're going to talk about the five ways UNT football can win the 2023 AAC Conference. <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't think it's going to happen. But anyways, um. The reason why I talk about UNT is because that's my school and also they're going to make, and also I think they're going to get nationally recognized finally. But anyways, number one, you know, this coach got hired in December and I really didn't talk about it back then because I was more focused on the basketball side than hiring a new coach. I was so pissed at the season that I said, you know, let me not talk about this coach. Um, I wish to have him on the show. He has a little bit of a care. He has an event on Thursday that I want to go to, but I'm trying to go to that event in August or better yet, 
I'm trying to meet him in person in July. There's a conference in July that I will try to go to and go see if I can get him on this show, the coach, the head coach, football coach, to get him on this show and say, hey, this is Jamie. I want to talk about what your expectations is for the season. Sounds like a reasonable man. The way the 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 clips I've seen, the press conferences. Um, this this man went twenty four and eighteen. He was the tech office according to wide receiver. His last job was the office according to that Washington State, and he talks about relationship builder. And I want to play a clip. Let's play a clip clip from Eric Morris. He is talking to the players and see we. What type of relationship I want to see coming from the coaches, coach himself. Let's play that clip, please. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. The event last night good? No, uh, look like you guys, some of you guys can pull off the cowboy hat look. So I uh, hope you guys had fun last night. Oh, what a day, what a day, man. First of all, I want to thank uh, Athletic Director uh, Jared Mosley. Uh, what a great opportunity. I'm just damn proud. Damn proud to represent this group of men right here. Damn proud to represent this university, okay, Denton, Texas, and to make this the premier okay, football program of Texas. And I believe we can do that. We talked about relationships for a little bit right there, which is really important. Okay, and for relationships to happen, it goes both ways. Okay, and you have to pour into each other and understand where everybody came from in this group. And I'm going to spend time to do that. To create relationships, I have to give you my time and you have to give me your time. It's as simple as that. Okay, there's no other method. And I'm committed to do that to every person in this room. I promise you that right now. Okay, I've always had a chip on my shoulder and wanted to prove I was going to be the best through hard work and dedication. Together by building relationships and knowing that bricks don't build championships. Bricks don't build championships. People do. Okay, the men in this room, that's what builds championships. Okay, you got to be able to trust me, and i got to be able to trust you. Okay, and that's going to take time. It's not going to happen right now, and I don't want it to happen right now, nor do I expect it to happen right now. Okay, but some of the things to build trust, okay, is we got to tell each other the truth. Okay, and I believe that. When we sit down and I get to know you one-on-one, tell me the truth. Okay, I want to build a strong relationship with you. Okay, but I believe that when you love one another in the locker room, we go all out together on one mission that great things can happen. Unbelievable. Things that you never thought could happen. My job, okay, my job the course of the next month. Number one is to build relationships with everybody in here. So the one thing I'll promise you is that each person in here is going to have my time. We're going to sit down. We're going to get to know each other. Find out what makes you tick. Found out the things that, that, that you think that we're doing well as a team right now. Find out who the leaders of this team are. Find out some things that we need to improve on. I will always listen. My door will always be open. That's one thing I can promise you. I want this thing to be a player-led team. And for us to do that, that's got to mean that we got to have a great relationship and you got to come into my office and we have to share. Okay, the next thing, okay, I'm going to build relationships and, and then put together unbelievable staff. Okay, that shares my same vision that's going to pour into you both on the field and off the field. And make sure that you're growing not only on the field, but as a man. Okay, and developing each and every day. Okay, so close right now, we're moving into to a great new conference in America. Okay, and we're going to have to start doing the little things right to, to just put this thing right over the hump. 
So we're going and winning championships in this damn thing. Hey, pleasure being here. Look forward to meeting you all. Uh, go Bean Green. All right. So you heard from Eric Mars. That's the head coach of the UNT football team. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited of what that looks like. I'm excited of if the play, of what the players are going to feel. If the players are going to stay. Because you got to remember, players are going to leave due to NIL stuff. They're going to leave if they miss home. They're going to leave just to leave. If you keep that same team together. And I'm not saying it's going to, and I'm not saying it's going to build, I'm, I'm, build a consistent conference championship. Well, or a consistent winning success in that matter. That's how I'm, I'm trying to find the word to say that. Then you gotta, you gotta create my interests. I haven't been interested in community um, football. Well, I'll take that back. I haven't really been that person that wants to invest in a coach that can bring me success. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about me as a fan. Okay. I want to win, Eric. What type of relationship looks like is keeping it together. You got to keep the players together to build success. Players know where everything is. If you bring a new player on, they don't know where that is. They don't they never experience that success in other places. And so that's why I'm saying I I'm saying to myself in this day and age in college football, I just don't see players staying. Now players can stay for graduation. They can stay. They can stay because there's a vision, and that vision is for me. It, it is time. I want to see how much time you invest in these players. I want to see if you're going to keep your word, not only to us but to the players. That's my thing. Number two, who's the quarterback? So we went from Ani. Ani was the 30-year-old quarterback that we uh, talked about last last season. Um, no, again, there'll be no 30-year-old quarterbacks on this team. I can tell you that we, we got J.D. Head. I don't know him. He's from, he's a transfer from, from Louisiana Tech. We got Stone Earl. He had some experience last year. Then we got Jace Reuter. He didn't play at all in 2022. And then we got Chandler Rogers, who is a transfer from Louisiana Marone. This man threw for two seasons, threw three, over 3,000 yards and 24 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Good stats. He's from the area, Mansfield, Texas, Lakewood, Lake Ridge High School. Um, didn't get a chance to watch the uh, the spring football game, but I'm anxious to see a practice. I'm anxious to see what what type of player, what type of quarterback this player is going to be. I'm anxious to see that, and I want to see that. 
because we haven't had a running quarterback. We always had a pass heavy quarterback. I don't, our office can't be built on pass heavy quarterbacks. Our, the way our receiving quarter, core is, you have to have a mixture of both. And Chandler Rogers, I'm not, the highlights I've seen, he has a mixture of both, but at the same time, I think he wants, I think he wants to use his legs more than passing the ball. Considering the fact of we, we don't have talented receivers on this team. And I can say that honestly. So, with that being said, it is, it's going to be tough. Of who, but this, this is a clear, clear runaway of Chandler Rogers. I could be wrong. They could go a different route, but Chandler Rogers is that main guy. It'll be a mistake if you make, if you, if you name the guys that I mentioned on that team. Number three, their offensive strengths. The strengths on this team last year was the running back. We, from Odei to Rexdale to, Attaway and Johnson that can line for two thousand yards and forty four on forty four carries. Now to me to me they should go to Adeye and Ragsdale. They had the most yards out of those two, the last two that I mentioned. Um Adehi is more of a downhill runner at Ragsdale is more of a runner that can go downhill but can pass out of those screens. I do want to see more uh, of the two-man running game. I don't want to see the type of running because the thing about it is we can run the ball. We can run the ball. A day you can have a 1,000 yards. Ragsdale can have a 1,000 yards. But we need to go more two-head versus four or five because we had a bunch of that last year. It didn't translate to that success. But it also does trans back to what the defense is is pitching out there. So the only question I have is who gets the ball in the fourth quarter? When you, when you rush over a hundred plus yards, the first three and then close game in the fourth quarter, who gets that ball? Do you put the ball in Rogers hands who, who can run, but do you put the ball in a day of Ragsdale's hands? But then, then again, it's up to, then again, you have a running back and Patrick Cobbs that can maneuver that, that can go to Eric Morris and say, hey, we need to put the ball in either at, uh, whoever has the most yards in the, in the, in that game. Ragsdale or Adey. We got to put the ball in those guys' hands. Either or. But again, it depends on, on what the defense is running. Speaking of defense, number four. Defensively, we gave up 32 points a game. But this is a struggle that we have had over the last 20 years, 20 seasons. Our defense has, has been a main struggle. For me personally, going to that school, I've seen the defense struggle for the last 14 years. Okay. I went to the games. I even went, I still go to the games to this day as a 30 year old man. The UNT stuff has never lost to me. I never lost it in UNT. But the defense needs to improve. We lost KD. We we lost an all-time leader in KD Davis. I don't even know who is going to be 
the leader on the defense. You need leadership on the defensive side. You need leaders. Comes from the secondary, comes from the linebacker court, comes from your front, your front four. We need leaders to lead this team. We have a 17 year experience in Matt Capone. He has, he, he was the Iowa State cornerbacks coach. Um, I just have a question though. What formation are we going to go to in 2023? And are we going to be elite defensively? Like I said, I want to go to a practice. I want to know what time practice is so that I can investigate what type of defense we're running. What are we going to expect defensively? Because in previous conferences, the Sun Belt and the Conference USA, I haven't seen more of a, I haven't seen an elite defense. Even though you can say FAU, Florida Atlantic, or UAB has that defense. They always, they always had UNT's number. They always had it. But at the same time, I want to see what type of defense they're going to run. That comes with time. Number five, my final take. What are we, what are we expecting? Timing is everything. Hardest schedule. They got California as the first game, September the 2nd. Florida International, that's a road game. And that's an early road game, though. Louisiana Tech, they actually got two road games back-to-back. Louisiana Tech, excuse me. Then you got Abilene Christian back home. Then you got the Navy. Then you got your conference. You got Temple. You got, wait, hold on. You got Temple. Well, actually, Navy starts that kind of, you got Navy, you got Temple, you got Tulane, you got Memphis, you got UTSA, which follow us to, to the American. Then you got SMU. Then you got Tulsa. Then you got UAB. That's your schedule for 2023. Now, I mentioned I, now, I want to talk to somebody about this because we're, we're going to come back. We're going to come back in August and we're going to talk about the schedule. We're going to talk about, hey, one, two, three, four, five. Like, where do you see them winning? How many games will they win? And that's a, that's an August episode that we'll do. But for now, um, I want to go to the conference and see what type of conference are we going to have? I plan on going in, on July 24th because it's here in Texas. It's here in Arlington. I want to go to it. I'm, I already mentioned the practice times. I already mentioned what when, what when total, what when total are we going to have? And then, um, coach is a motivator. I can't wait to meet him. I can't wait to meet him. Seriously. Um, He's created my interest. I want that type of energy on my on, on my coaching staff. I want them to buy in. Buy in of what what the culture is. The culture has always had fifty thousand plus students and growing in it. It's just that we gotta bring winning success to the field. We bring it to soccer, women's soccer. We also bring it to basketball. Basketball just won the NIT. If we put it on the women's side, we can do something. 
We can put it on the volleyball side. It remains to be seen. But football is the most exciting interest sport at UNT. More investments go into that than any other sports that I just mentioned. We expect them to win every year. Is it going to translate to winning every year? Maybe. But it's just got to work. And I want it to work, honestly. It's just got to see what happens. And like I said, I plan on being out there this summer. I want, I, because I want to introduce myself to this, to them so that I, I have a, pl- I, I have a platform that I can come and talk and we'll go from there. So it's going to be interesting and where we're going to go. And I'm glad he didn't use re- the other R words, rebuilding, because I, I just don't see rebuilding for this franchise. I see, I see success. I want to be on that train too, to that success of where, where, wherever it goes. Conference championship the first year or the next year, wherever that may be. I think they gave him a five year contract, I believe. I'm not sure, but yeah, they gave him a five year contract. So that third year is always the year that you have to make improvements. That third year. Texas. Texas is like we'll have Texas. We'll have another podcast on talking about Texas or where they go from here. But then again, I have interest in them as well. That's in the Big 12. We're in the American. So that's different. But anyways. But that's it for the UNT stuff. So before we leave, it's been before when when I started this podcast a year ago, I'm always going to bring this story up because it's, it's worth noting of where I came from. So when I started this, I have I still have nothing to this day. I spent ten plus years working part-time, which I love. I'm still going to continue to do that. I love it because I love the relationship building that I have with the kids and the parents. But I also spent nine years working, and I'm just going to say it out here, working as security. Now, granted, security has not brought me to success. It's not brought me, but I learned some things along the way. And that's why I want to grow this podcast with y'all. I want to bring audience in. I was just talking to a guy on Friday that can help me do that. And again, he's going to help me do that. I also talked to Sammy. I think Sammy just sent me a message congratulating me. Um, again, I don't, I don't remember what she has told me, but I, I am going to listen to her. I, I am going to, Get her advice on this when, whenever she is around. And I want to send major prayers, prayers to her and the family. And so, so whenever I get a chance to talk to her, 
I want I want her more. I want more, I want to hear her more. Because she was the one that gave me an opportunity to do this show. And I'm forever grateful. She opened many doors for me. And this is why right now I'm at a point where I'm ready to invest in this podcast. It's time to grow, guys. It's time to grow to this many heights. And I'll be around at many places. I'll be around at the conference. I'll be around at the games. I'll be around at the uh, arenas. All that stuff. You will never get it. (laughs) You will never be tired of me. All those nights that I'm working out, I'm working out and working on, I'm working on something within this podcast, within this space. Cause I want to do this full time instead of doing security full time. You know, security has not brought me success, but security has learned stuff along the way. I'm not grateful for, for the security stuff because like I said, the pay is not there. The relationship is not there. And they treat you like crap. When I came here, the first day was the fabulous day. They never treated me like crap. They gave me my space. They gave me everything. I went into CMS class after this show, and I did my thing from there. This is why I went from an hour to like two hours, because I said, you know, there's more to talk about. My friend Gabe, who's not here, he hasn't been here. I want to thank him as well. And I'm going to continue to thank him because he, because he didn't have to do, do his Cowboys coverage. He didn't have to provide his expertise. He can just sit there and be quiet, but I pre- always appreciate him. And I also appreciate Angela, who's been here for like, I think the last two to three weeks. He's been fabulous. You know, showing me, you know, telling me these things, communicating with me of what, you know, playing the videos behind the board. I'm forever grateful for you, my man. So, but, but I want, I want to thank you guys. We're not leaving. We got more to go. We, we got more to come. Digital marketing, affiliate marketing, sponsorships, ads will get this podcast going to numerous heights. And I'm telling you, and I'm working on that right now, but it's a plea. It's a plea for if you guys know anyone out there, if you know something out there, bring it to me because I'll be making decisions within the next week or two, within the next week, because we got to get this going. Football season is among us, and I want to be part of it. (laughs) I want to be part of it, but I'll do my work on my end. Hey. Heck, I might have somebody come sit here and watch me do this podcast. I don't know if I can do that. I think I can do that. I have to ask. But we can do that. Well, but nonetheless, we're working, guys. I'm working. With that being said, that's my spiel for today. Now, next week, we have a guest. She is. She has a podcast on Blues Diva. Her name is Erin Scott. We want to talk to her about the college baseball that's going on and plus more. And also we're going to talk about the draft, who won, who lost, and in between. And also I want, you're going to get some WNBA stuff from me 
And that's next week's show. But guys, I want to thank you for being here and everything else to listen to Beyond the Game podcast. And I hope to see you all next week. Thank you guys for having me here. Appreciate you.